Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. And we are back into the OC. We went from summer to different summer. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the two shows have actually lined up, so they're taking place in the same season right now. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It's, it's weird. Kevin, was it weird for you watching this episode? It was. Well, especially because we're coming back into the OC into like a real heavy emotional stuff mm-hmm. and especially considering how i mean we also left riverdale with some heavy emotional stuff but to go from riverdale heavy emotion to the oc heavy emotion the pacing the pathos the like levels they take their emotion to yeah it's all wildly it's different all totally different it's it's interesting yeah, it's going to be back in the oc again well, we're going to be here. We're going to be here this week, and we're going to be here <laughs> next week. And then OC Season 2 will end. Yeah. So Riverdale better not take any other breaks, because we can't handle that. I don't want to start the third season. We can't watch one episode of the third season, then back into Riverdale. Yeah, too that much. That might actually make my brain explode. Yeah, cause it was it was hard enough to like come back into this and try to remember a lot of things. Fortunately, fortunately, Previously reca- on. <laughs> fortunately this recaps that help. And also the characters are really good at going to each other and being like, here's an update of my past 24 hours. You? Well, I mean, the the weird thing is that Riverdale is somewhat built around Netflix still. And OC is entirely not. OC barely considers that people might watch this on DVDs. It's true. They're like, oh, no, you saw this last episode two weeks ago. (laughs) But it aired one week ago. You saw it two weeks ago. We just got to apply. Like, you know, you might completely forget what happened before. So So we got to remind us. Don't worry. It does a smoothie. It does a smoothie. Yeah, it is a well-written little show. Well, uh... Think, speaking of smoothly, I guess, let's smoothly <laughs> transition into the show. With the, the best pun known to man. Because this is the OC season. <laughs> <laughs> season two. Episode 20. I didn't write down Three? the episode it is. 23. 23. This is the OC season two, episode 23. The OC the O.C. Like where the fish live. So in the natural <laughs> escalation of the beginning of these episodes, Seth cannot wait for the morning talk. He cannot wait until breakfast. There can be no bagels. There can be no coffee. There must be talking. So instead, he intrudes upon Ryan at 5.30 in the morning. Known as the middle of the night. So so we can give you a quick recap, because this will give the recap, but let's just see where everyone's at. If you remember last episode... Seth had finally a breakdown with Summer. Yeah, him and Zach had their... uh... Their slap fight. (laughs) They had their comic brawl, yes. Yeah, and Summer was done with it. Yeah, so uh, Seth is worried about that because he he knows prom is coming up. And he knows that Summer's going to love prom. Yeah, because it's the one... the one thing, but it's the thing that he knows that Summer... And of course she... Of course Summer is the person. Although Ryan makes an insane statement where he's like, well, I don't think Summer would care about prom. And I'm like, no, Ryan, you don't care about prom. (laughs) I wanted Seth to just reach over and slap him. Of course she does. Ryan, give a bear's amount of thought to the kind of person (laughs) Summer is and the kind of person 
that would like prom and realize that that Venn diagram's a circle. <laughs> yeah, it's all overlap. But Wilson's having thoughts about that. Ryan's also having thoughts about Trey and how because he's because that's last time on. Yeah, he he saw Mar- Trey leaving Marissa's house and Marissa like kind of weirdly broke up with him while they were making out and yeah, it's been a this entire episode is just Ryan trying to figure out what the hell is going on and no one will talk nobody will tell him what's going on and so he keeps trying to make conclusions but they don't make sense to him no no ryan's ryan's trying his best but then we get a phone call because also last time on the actual end of the last episode kirsten had so many martinis while waiting for her husband i think i know she was in a restaurant having martinis but remember she just left she like I can't remember the reason why, but she drove to the restaurant to have martinis. And then drove to Sandy. And then, Yes, and then got hit by a truck on the way, because she was also on the phone, but also drunk. So they're telling us a lot of things. Yes. Don't cell phone and drive, but also don't <laughs> they martini actually don't and drive. They actually cell phone and driving as much. That just seems to be a cover. But anyway, uh, so, so he gives a phone call to his sons which, and his co-dad. Which naturally. Yeah. Uh, because, oh no, Carson got you know, hit by a car or a truck. And she looks banged up. We see her in the next scene. But she also looks Hollywood banged up, like yeah. a little bruise over got, the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a nice dusting on the temple. Her eyes, not even a full black eye. It's just a little bruised. It's like when Ryan gets punched. I think later they say she has sprained fingers. Yes, which is... I mean, to, to be fair, she was hit on the passenger side, so she wasn't immediately struck by the truck. Yeah, she just was bumped around a bit. Yeah. And she's not wearing her wedding ring because they had to cut it off. What I do appreciate is they do treat the fact that she did, was not that, that banged up as a... Very lucky. As a very lucky thing. It's yeah. not like we've seen in other shows where someone is severely injured or should be severely injured... And they keep treating it like they're severely injured, mm-hmm. but the uh... but they have very little on them. <laughs> but it does not show. In fact, very specifically, they tell the kids she has no internal injuries. She was a dummy who was on the cell phone and driving. Don't be dumb like her. Well, I mean that. Well, that's what uh, Kirsten, Kirsten says. says when when Seth asks what happened. Kirsten's like, "Oh, you know, I was just driving on the cell phone." And we cut to Sandy being like. Oh, that's what we're going with? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yep, cell phone. Oh, police officer needs to talk to me. Uh, let me go on out here. Yeah, and so we meet the uh, police officer who I guess knows Sandy. And is very good friends with him. Yeah. So this is interesting to me, because what Kirsten blows is a .08. Which is the legal limit. Which is exactly the legal limit. Yeah. So it's just an interesting choice they didn't make her blow way over like she really is borderline i think the reason they gave her the borderline was so was to so the cop could legitimately be like i'm gonna brush this yeah he's gonna say that maybe instead i saw point zero seven five which is still like very close yeah that's the threat but i mean how much does kirsten weigh like a hundred pounds that's one drink in one hour yeah, I mean, I imagine she had a few. She didn't drink her last drink, if you remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she just left it on the... Wind. It's just, it's an interesting choice, because she... I I just like the way they're playing her as an alcoholic, because she's not it's drunk not, all the time. She's not... She She's not the Ryan's mom alcoholic. Exactly, and I, I'm just interested in the nuance. They did a good job. Well, welcome to an episode that is full of nuance. Mm. Yeah. So over at the school, I am once again reminded that Marissa 
is not only in charge of the every event of the school. What's her? What's it? She's she's the event chair or something. The social events chair. Right. She's apparently the only person who works on any event on any ever. Because she always is talking to her friends and trying to get her friends to be like, "Hey, can you help me do the event that's coming up?" Because they're like, they're like, just no. me. And she's like, but I have no committee. It's just me. I have to make a mermaid summer a mermaid. Yeah, because the theme of the prom is... Under the OC. And I'm like, ah, oh, all right, Marissa. Marissa, you you're... hit it out of the park there with the snow sea. Yeah, you know what? You're good in my books. You like your pun themes. <laughs> and clearly it was Marissa that came up with it because there's no one else there. <laughs> She's the only person doing prom. Which is also why no one said... Marissa, you can't theme our prom off of a pun. Well, who's going to stop her? Director Kim? I just have this image of Marissa sitting as, like, the head, like, the chair, and being like, I think we should name it uh, uh, Under the OC. And then she gets out of her chair, goes to the other side of the table, sits down, and says, "Uh, Marissa Cooper, uh, co-social committee chair, I also think we should call it (laughs) Under the OC. And then she steps up and walks over, Treasurer Marissa Cooper over here. (laughs) And then she finally gets to the last scene. She sits down and goes, oh, I wish I had a committee. <laughs> yeah. Now, I was suspicious. I couldn't figure out why Summer was first in the running to be prom queen, which Marissa does tell her. Yeah. But I have just realized it's because Marissa is the only person who works on the prom. Yeah. So she has just picked her friend. Well, I mean, I guess people do vote, but who else are they going to vote for, really? Summer is the only popular girl left. Yeah, because they're not Marissa. Marissa's still kind of a social pariah. Because of all of her overdosing in Tijuana. I I think just enough that they're like, oh, we can't do this. And who else are they going to vote for? Yeah, Holly's gone. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe she's not. Uh. Uh. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so uh, she wants Summer's help, but Summer... Uh, doesn't does, want to go. Yeah, well, she's upset because she, she's very excited for prom, but she, she thought she'd have a date. Marissa also thought she'd have a date. But, but now she, might not. she was accosted by her boyfriend's brother and... And, and would not, could not open up to her boyfriend. Because it was his brother. Because it was his brother. <laughs> and she's full of nuance. Yeah, welcome to a, welcome to a bad situation where it's not, where between, between Ryan and Marissa, bad situation, which is neither one of their faults. And neither of them can talk about it or grapple with their emotions. I was thinking of someone who's grappling with their emotions. Julie Cooper brings the giantest fruit basket over to Sandy and is like, it's okay that Kristen's an alcoholic. <laughs> and then she expertly turns this conversation in like a like under a minute of into being her problem. She needs some law advice. She needs Sandy to look at the prenup. Yes. And this has brought up so many things. So the prenup is very specific. Yes. If Julie and Caleb have been married for over a year, $3.5 million. So it's clearly, so it's over a year, not a year. I think it's like one year and one day would be over a year. Okay. Now if they've been married for less than a year. They've been, yes. Zero dollars. And they've been married for... With Julie says, using the worst way to measure time, 11 months and 27 days. So, Caleb (laughs) is rushing to file the papers. And they, which, so if it's such a rush, why did Caleb spend last episode, like, I think not last episode or the one before that, 
kind of stringing her along. Yeah, he's been playing a weird long game. Until he realized, oh, dang, that's Monday? I was a little more that if that's the case. Cause, so they said that Caleb needs to file the papers by Monday. He needs to bring the county clerk by Monday, mm-hmm. which means Tuesday has to be year and one day, which means Monday is their anniversary. And he's going to give her this solid gift of a divorce. divorce papers. Okay, that that does change up a little bit, because I was trying to figure this out. I had to stop and do math. Because, <laughs> well, you worry about ages, I worry about time. I'm like, okay, so if it's 11 months and 27 days... Then the original way I thought it was is that, that that meant that Monday had to be the cutoff, which meant Monday was was either the 30th or the 29th. Just right. Yeah, the yeah. 29th day, not of the month, obviously. Yeah. Because she apparently decided to do time by months and days, <laughs> which doesn't help if you don't know how many days are in the month. Anyway, so that meant that today had to be Friday. Mm-hmm. But if it's, a, if it's a year and a day... That means today could actually be Thursday, which would explain why they have school the next day. Fixed it for you. <laughs> that that helps as long as it's year and a day. I think it's year and a day. That does that does break up the fact that he is divorcing her on their anniversary. Yes. Because a year is not more than a year, but a year and a day is more than a year. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to the wording. I thought I, I thought I heard just a year. It doesn't matter, it honestly. Doesn't matter. Either way, he's. All this tells me is don't tell time by combining months and days. Just say how many days it's been. And also, Caleb's a garbage human. But we know that. You could have easily said, yeah, three days away from our one-year anniversary. (laughs) This is Julie. All right. Whatever whatever it is, uh, they... Oh, not Caleb. Sandy tries to give her some advice, but he can't really give her any advice. This is pretty pretty clear. There's no law loopholes, Julie. Yeah, if, if, if he files this... On Monday. And then Julia's like, hmm, hmm, if he files it on Monday. Time to go back to my thought process I've been going through for the last four episodes. Should I murder my husband? Hmm. She's been real struggling with that for a long time. Now, he Sandy did say if they get divorced in over a year, she gets $3.5 million. If Caleb dies, I feel like the prenup that... is void. Um, yeah, but she, she, she still then get the she money. Just the will. Yeah, she get the money. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Death is not a divorce. <laughs> what? Death is not a... But is it an annulment? Ah, uh, who knows? <laughs> okay. So, at school, Seth sets off a man with a mission, and the first part of his mission is to apologize to Zach. <laughs> and they pretty quickly forgive each other. Well, that's what these boys do. Mm. They're just like, oh, Summer. And however well they do forgive each other, upon meeting Summer, Summer does not forgive them. She has no interest, she will not, but she does want a prom date. She gives them the most insane... Summer has said a lot of insane things on this show. (laughs) This is one of the most insane things she's done. Because she gives... She's like, I want a date. I don't care who. (laughs) You decide. Someone is taking me to prom. I will be wearing a magenta dress, and you will give me a corsage that matches. Goodbye. I feel like it says something about Summer that she cannot comprehend option C. Which is going with Marissa. No, where neither one of them, (laughs) by her being like, you decide, they could both be like, oh no, we decided we're bros first. (laughs) Sorry, Summer. I mean, she saw that fight. She saw that slap fight. She knows what's in their souls. (laughs) She, She does make the, um... 
genre savvy decision that they're not going to decide option C, which is neither. I mean, they do decide option C because they don't decide, but. Well, no, but she says that's an option. She's, that's true. She, she gives them the choice that you could just do it randomly. I don't care. Just someone will show up. Which is real romantic. <sighs> then they get a text message and Reed wants to meet them at the diner for lunch that day. At, <laughs> on their school day. On the Thursday. I forgot that they just leave school. I don't, I, their lunch is an hour and a half. Well, I mean, I guess they have an open open campus. I mean, my high school, we used to walk to the Tim Hortons sometimes. Yeah, but that was close. Well, the diner might be close. I don't really understand how the OC the is diners, set up. The, the, the diner is on the, the boardwalk. The diner's on the boardwalk, but how far is their school from the boardwalk? Mm, it is called we Harbor don't know. School. <laughs> Maybe it's also on the boardwalk. Everything's on the boardwalk. Well, the meanwhile... Boardwalk. Um, oh, Kirsten has been released from the hospital. She's sadly sitting on her bed in a robe, and Sandy brings her the sweetest of gifts, a mug of tea, and a rehab pamphlet. Yeah, but Kirsten doesn't want to go to rehab, and her logic is because she's an addict. Let's make it very clear. If she goes anywhere... People will know she's going to rehab. So instead, she's just going to be done with drinking. Well, and and, and her reasoning that like why she's like, it's going to work is like, I have already hit rock bottom. <laughs> that have, means there's nowhere to go but up. Have you, Kirsten? She got hit by a car while drunk driving. But she did not hit a car. She did not kill anyone. Yes, that's true. And also that nice uh, police officer allowed her to not get arrested. So, yeah, she's doing great. So she literally has no repercussions to her actions yeah. other than having to buy a new car. Yeah, then she, says, then she goes off to pour out every drop of alcohol in the house because, Aaron, it's not like you can go and buy alcohol as an adult. No. It's not like you can go to your next door neighbor. Oh, no, Marissa doesn't live there. <laughs> <laughs> they have new neighbors. Who are their new neighbors? Where's the teenage girl for Ryan to moon over? I mean, the problem is probably hard to buy that house with all the boy blood stains from the Fight Club. That's true. It, it, it you're like, oh, well, this is a nice place, and in this house there has been uh, underage sex and statutory rape, and yeah, what happened to the money from that house? I don't know. Who sold it? I guess Caleb. Oh, okay. That means Caleb is stealing Julie's money. Well, no, that that sounds like a thing that Julie might have been not smart about. That's true. And he'd just been like, like, you know, Caleb sold the house. He's a real estate guy. That's true. He sold the house. uh, And then was like, well, we'll put him into the joint bank account, which is my bank account. And Julie was like, oh, yeah, I don't have a bank account. Yeah, I can can definitely see that relationship being that Julie does not have a bank account. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, so at school... Still on the still, same day. Still the same day. Ryan finally goes up to confront Marissa, and he was like, he's like, look, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I have to jump to conclusions, and this is the conclusion I jumped to. I've watched this show for so long. Marissa, all I know is you were really weird when I tried to kiss you, and then you broke up with me, and then I went to your house, and then Trey was leaving your house, so did you sleep with Trey? Ryan is... Uh, following an unfortunate logical path in everything he does in this episode. <laughs> He's got too much logic. And it's, it's, it's rough because we as the audience know the truth. But, like, seeing from Ryan's perspective... He could never imagine the truth. All yeah. he could imagine is what the evidence tells him. <laughs> which is that he's in a teen drama, which means, of course, that's happening. 
Marissa is immediately offended. Yeah. Um, so she's she's upset and she she tells him to go and talk to Trey, which I guess just means that she wants him to know, but does not want to be the one to... To tell him. And Ryan's like, I've literally been trying to talk to Trey for forever, but okay. Marissa, that doesn't help me. <laughs> Someone needs to talk to me. Someone tell me what's going... Every time... <laughs> Ryan is essentially, like, the main character of the series. I love how this entire episode is him walking up to people being like, what's going on? Oh my god, it's like he's Archie. Why can't I be in the main storyline? What's happening? I'm from Chino. I left town for one day. Uh, so, uh, Seth and Zach meet with a understandably furious Reed. And Reed is the most fu- So, Seth... Ha, kind of apologizes, but it's mostly just like, <laughs> I'm an artist. Artists do what they need to do. Oh, it's more of they're like, man, I mean, they love Oasis, where those two Gallaghers <laughs> hate each other. And then Zach is like, no, seriously, we were children. We're sorry. And now in the continuing story of how these two dummies, dummies are just, and even at this point, Reed is almost upset by it, by like how unintentionally successful these two chuckleheads who have done like nothing well i kept thinking that reed's company was stringing them along like i really kept thinking i was like oh they're just making such big promises nothing is ever going to come through but then apparently aaron so much interested in atomic county and do you know who it is who could it be 2005's icon george lucas like Oh, and I was like, what a strange pull to pull George Lucas right in the middle of, like, all the prequels, which, you know, were just critical darlings. It's, I mean, the first one people kind of liked. Yeah. Was the second... Oh, no, the, the second one was out by now, too. Yeah. I've never seen the second one or the third one. Well, anyway, so <laughs> they're having a meeting with George Lucas... And Reed will only allow one of them to attend because they're dumb dummies when they get together. And she's not putting two of them in front of George Lucas for them to just talk about Summer the entire time. <laughs> no, no. This is smart. Um, Yes, but I mean, the thing is that like they they actually work fine together when Summer's not involved. In any I way. I don't want to say Summer's the problem because she's not the problem. They're the problem. But what they need is to not. She's a catalyst. Is they what need she to is. not see Summer. If they yeah. don't see her, they work they're fine. They're fine together. The problem is the summer keeps us somehow getting involved in the comic book. And the thing is, you do kind of need both of them at the meeting because Seth is the artist and Zach is the businessman. But at this point, Reed is just is so infuriated that she's like, look, one of you is going to go George Lucas, but I can't. <laughs> I can't decide. You're going to have to decide. Also, it's tomorrow. Which, the same day as prom. Which means prom is tomorrow and Marissa is, has not done anything for it yet. It's okay. She's just going to do a bunch of Adderall <laughs> and then stay up all night doing prom. You know she is. Oh, no. Or she's just going to have, like, PTSD, like, productivity and just... Uh, <sighs> anyway, so this is where we learn the prom is tomorrow. And it's the biggest showdown ever. Prom versus George Lucas. Yeah, one of them goes to George Lucas, one of them goes to prom. It's the battle of our day. Even though it's very clear the way this should go, but whatever. It's fine. So uh, in a over in, you know, a trend of people just arriving at the household. Caleb very angrily comes over to angrily check on Kirsten. And has a very odd line. Which is, I don't know if you know the one I'm going to talk about, 
But it's only where he comes in and he, and he says, Drunk driving at her age? She should be ashamed. <laughs> My only reaction is, what is Caleb upset about? Is he mad that a 30-year-old is drunk driving? He's like, oh, if she was like 20, I'd be like, yeah, that's what you do when you're young. <laughs> he doesn't seem to be upset about the drunk driving. Is but what she's I'm 35. To. She should have called a limo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if she was an 18-year-old and, drunk, and uh, you know, drunk drove, would he have been less upset? Probably. I'm trying to figure out Caleb's moral core, and it is insane. It's a winding road. It's an OC. A sea. A flowing <laughs> sea, if you will. Oh, the sea. Yeah, the yeah. OC. Uh. <laughs> so Kirsten comes down, and she's like, it's fine. I will handle my angry father. Dad. She, does, she does not handle her angry no. father, by the way. Because what she says is, it's fine. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. <laughs> yeah, <so> she, <laughs> I don't... So this this fight is it gets into a fight and they're it escalates very quickly. They're full of emotion and they're pretty much just like shouting insults at each other. And then Caleb reveals that Kirsten's mom was also an alcoholic. Oh, she tried to hide it, but I saw her drinking that wine. And which and, makes me think maybe she wasn't an alcoholic. I I don't know. Then Kirsten like throws that back as well, but you're a terrible dad. Of course she was an alcoholic. And I may drink wine, but at least people love me? You'll die alone, which is, I'm just going to say it right now, an insane line if the episode did not end in the way it ended. This, the the fight is very staged, and I understand it is a drama TV show, but the escalation is insanely fast. And for no reason. Yeah. 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 But, But I mean, to be fair, Kirsten has very concussed... Very concussed, and Caleb is an enigma. Who's Caleb? (laughs) (laughs) Kirsten, drunk driving at your age. Why didn't you do that when you were 18? Ashamed. Underage drunk driving. That's the only way to do it, Kirsten. Who are you drinking beforehand, Martini? They only drunk drive when you're drunk on scotch. How dare you? You should be ashamed. (laughs) Short interlude. Ryan goes to Trey's house. He knocks on the door many times. Nothing. Then he calls. Nothing. Yep, that's yep. yeah, that's a scene. That's a scene. So uh Seth and Zach arrive back at school. Uh same After day. Their meeting. Same day. That doesn't mean Ryan just left the school to go Well, Marissa said go talk to Trey, and he was like, Okay. And Ryan went and did it immediately. He just needs to know what's going on in his storyline, Kevin. It's not as bad as I mean, it's hard to say it's not as bad as Riverdale. Riverdale, when they're at school, I always feel like they're at school. Yes. But, but with the OC... They're just, never at school. But even even when clearly other people are at school. Wasn't there the one episode where Summer and Marissa were going to Marissa's house to, like, get a sweater or something? No, no. What it was is that Marissa somehow got to school without her car. So Summer and Marissa drove back to Marissa's house to get her car. And that's where they saw the the... the <laughs> Our That's good thirty-year-old right. man. Oh, DJ. DJ. Yeah, no. Something about her. She they drove at lunch to get her. That's why it's an hour and a half. They have an hour and a half lunch. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have free periods. Oh, you know what? This might be one of those schools like um, we have in Calgary, which are the directed your self-directed oh, learning. No, but we've seen them in class. Remember when they assigned Lindsay and uh, Ryan to the same project? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, it's rich kid school. So, uh, Zach and Seth confront Summer because they have too many options. Yeah, they're like, just please, Please Summer, make a choice. And she says, no, I did. I made lots of choices. When Zach went, when Seth went to Portland, I picked Zach. 
And then when Zach went to Italy, I picked Seth. I'm tired of picking people. And I'm just going to say right now, no summer. That's not a choice. These are not decisions. If I go to the grocery store and they don't have Cinnamon Toast Crunch, I don't choose to buy Fruit Loops. <laughs> the fact that one of them is not around does not mean you chose the other one. Well, she's tired of choosing. Yeah. It, no, no. I mean, that's fair. She doesn't... She, she doesn't need to. She doesn't need to do anything. No one needs to do but anything. But her logic is flawed. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of times in this episode where people's logic is flawed. Like the reason, <laughs> it's so weird to say the things they're doing make sense, but then they come up with, with insane ways to justify it. It would, it would be it would be like if I don't know if I, if I decided to. Be like, ah, well, you know what? I think we need to protect the environment because the moles are going to rise up from the ground. And if the sun is, is too hot, they'll survive. So correct thing to do for an insane reason. Exactly. Anyway, once she declines to decide, the boys decide they will flip a coin. But not now. Because if they flip it now. They'll try to weasel out of it. Yeah. Because they both want to go to both things. So they're just going to do it w- one hour before prom. Good. The best time. Which means they both have to prepare for prom. <laughs> Which means they both get tuxedos. <laughs> and both get corsages, but both also prepare for the meeting. Which is great. Which just means there's more work for them. Well, you know what? They deserve that. Yeah. Uh, this gets to a scene where it's really it's just Ryan and Seth talking about the fact that prom's happening. They're just catching up with the first half of the episode. <laughs> so, uh, Seth, how was your first half an hour of this? Well, I have to make a decision, and I don't like it. Mm. Ryan, how was your first first half hour? No one will tell me what's going on. I think you should believe Marissa. I think you should go to prom. No one will tell me what's going on. Ryan, you'll be really sad if you don't go to prom. That's not my problem. My problem is I don't know what's going on. But Ryan, you have to learn from the error of my ways. Please, someone should. I do like how in this scene it is Seth be like, no, but prom's important. Ryan's like, that's not... That's not my problem. <laughs> that's, that's your problem, Seth. Seth, that's your problem. My problem is I don't know what's going on with my girlfriend and brother. I would gladly go to prom. <laughs> I mean, I won't like it, but no, I'll go. But, no, but you see, Ron, you should just go to prom. It won't fix my problem, Seth. <laughs> what? <laughs> what Seth should have said was, Ryan, have you ever watched a teen movie? Prom is where people reveal their deepest secrets. Everything will be solved if you go to prom. Because then Ryan would be like, oh. I bet I bet if you went to prom, Trey would just show up. <laughs> I'd be like, hmm, that does seem like how the storyline will work. Uh, so we're going to do another scene with Caleb and Julie, but I have a question. Where's Caleb living? Yeah, why is he not living in his mansion? Yeah, so Caleb comes to his house and he had Julie's lips. Julie she had a week to pack her bags but I guess <laughs> then he decided to pack his bags I guess so well I, I or is I, this the week is he giving her space during the week that's the only assumption I can make I guess he's staying at like a hotel so that she'll giving, pack and give they, yeah I guess they they really make this this divorce the weirdest thing ever but he but he's got to go back to get his sleeping pills and then they have a really weird amiable yeah they, fun scene yeah they this is going to come up again and again in this episode where they try to make their divorce seem and like I mean, a I, mistake well am, they make it seem like it's amicable and uh, to be fair julie is playing a part she's mm-hmm. pretending but i don't think but, caleb is yeah, it's like he doesn't realize all the terror. 
Like, it's like he doesn't know who he married. Well, well, and also, it's like the writers of the show are trying to have it both ways. They forgot that he's garbage. Well, well but it's weird because they did that with, like, uh, like a pseudo-redemption arc and then made him super terrible again. And now they're like, oh, no, but we have, like, two episodes left. Let, let's try to... Ooh, let's make it a little bit better. Let's bring it back. Well, don't worry, because Julie didn't forget. Julie will never forget. Yeah, so he needs to get his sleeping pills. And she's like, I'll get them. And then she holds the pills for a while, staring at them. And Caleb's like, uh, I can get my pills faster than you can. Yeah, so she has thoughts about pills, and then she gives him what is clearly not the pills. And then she goes back into her... Well, no, she remember, she has this other very weird thing. Oh, when she wants him to come over so it's they can like, hang out? Hey, why don't we hang out tomorrow? To celebrate our papers being filed. And, and Caleb... I Instead mean, of get... being confused and weirded out by this. Yeah, he's like, oh, you can't seduce me again back into marriage. And she's like, nah, nah, it's not that. Don't worry about it. And he's Just like, a okay. celebration of our time together. And Caleb being what I, get, what I guess has to be a sociopath is like, that is a thing that human beings do. Mm, naturally, we should celebrate the dissolution of our marriage. Now, look, there are amicable... But not this. Yeah, there are divorces that end on good notes, like... Sometimes people do just Sometimes like, people have conscious uncouplings. Yeah. That's the that just say what you mean, but yeah. Um <laughs> like that does happen, but this was not this was not set up as one of those. No, this was him like sneaky and holding power over her and having her followed by a private eye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also just dealing with the with her like her, her porn path. situation in the worst way possible. And just, then making it worse and then telling her, I can't deal with this being it's worse. Fault. Like, he, like, oh, God, we can't get back into that again. But it's all Caleb's fault. But he's really just decided it's Julie's. That's how Caleb does. Anyway, so he ends up agreeing to this bizarre. This crazy plan. Soiree. And then he leaves and Julie goes back into the bathroom and reveals under the top layer of a towel. I guess she switched out the pills. Well, because there were two that were next to each other. Well, so so she kept the sleeping pills. What did she give him? <laughs> or did she just keep some of them? What is he going to take that night? Yeah, I don't know. Sleeping pills are one of the things that I'm sure he'll figure out pretty quickly. That they're not sleeping pills. Or did she just steal some of them? I, she has a lot, she has a lot of, of pills. pills. I don't really know. And we're not really supposed to think about it. But fortunately, that's what we do on this show. Think about things. Way too much. Small things. Send us into a spiral. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What made you happy this week? This week. This week was the series finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So I watched that last night, and I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It's a weird show. Their numbers are so good. I love all the send-offs that they do. I'm not going to spoil it because it did only air, you know, on Friday. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, I understand the ending. The ending was absolutely the right ending for <laughs> Rebecca. Yeah. I don't like it, though, because I'm a hopeless romantic and I really wanted something else to happen. So, listeners, 
like I I really really enjoyed the finale. It was like crafted in a really well way in a really good way. And this was absolutely the right ending. It just wasn't the ending I wanted. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, listeners who have watched the finale, please like email me or send like you desperately need someone to talk. I really need someone to talk to about this, but I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna spoil a different TV show that is actually new and current. Yeah. On our podcast. Yeah. But then afterwards, they did a live concert at Radio City Music Hall to, like, prove it's really them singing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that was maybe one of the best hours of TV I've ever seen. It was, like, shticky and dumb and really genuine. And you could just tell that these actors loved each other so much. That's great. So that's what made me happy this week. Kevin, what made you happy this week? Uh, so on uh, Netflix, this, this came out a little while ago, but I just ended up watching it this week. Uh, there's this anthology uh, short film series mm-hmm. uh, called Love, Death, and Robots. <laughs> uh, and it is... It reminded me of what I why I enjoy uh, short, like themed short story collections so much. Because mm-hmm. it's cool seeing a bunch of different... Um, like people, riffs on the same prompt. Yeah, but like, like you can see the connecting fiber even if they're not all the exact same. And yeah. you don't normally get an anthology series done in quite this way. They usually focus a whole lot on having like the meta story in the middle of it. And this one is just it's just 18 from 10 minutes to 15 minutes. I think the longest one might be 20 minutes. Uh just shorts and they're all they're all they're done in different animation styles, but they're all beautifully animated. Like there was at least one uh, I I saw the preview for it. And I'm like, oh, this one's live action, and then it <laughs> went on. I'm like, oh no, it's not. It's just real good. Oh, there was cool. at least one live action and one which I am still not sure about. <laughs> I know it wasn't fully. I know it wasn't fully. But it was, was live it action because like, it, it was like a shift. Super animate like. Well, I could I couldn't tell these people just did a really good job because some of the earlier ones they're just really good job at how the people look. That's um, so cool. Yeah, so it's it, so yeah, it's called Love, Death, and Robots. It is very uh, for mature audiences, mm-hmm. which I know most of our listeners are. Yeah, uh, and I'll, and I'll say that like so it's full of uh, it's some of them are incredibly violent or. Um, uh, nudity in them, but it never feels uh, extraneous or ex- exploitative. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just that they just don't shy away. Like if right. if something if the is, story needs it, then yeah, they do it. If something is violent, it is violent. But they, there's some cool, there's some amazing stories. Sony's Edge is the first one. It is very violent, but it's also a real cool story. There's one about. Um, an alternate world where werewolves exist and they're in the Marines. So it's like like Marines in Afghanistan and there's these werewolves. That's cool. Uh, there's one where, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, the guy from that 70s show. Um, oh, the guy who played Eric? Yeah. Topher Grace. Topher Grace and Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, are a couple who move into a house where in their freezer they find a tiny civilization. Oh, cool. Yeah, so they're that's the live action. That's one of the live action. Yeah. It's the one I know it's live action because it's, it's over Grace. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's still at, like the the um the still the animation in the uh tiny civilization is really cool. Right. Yeah, it's if just to see the animation styles, it's it's freaking beautiful. 
Uh, so yeah, that was, that's what made me happy, which is real good. Nice. Man, Topher Grace is a real underutilized talent. Like, I feel like he never really found... He played Eric Foreman, and then it was like, oh, no niche for you. Yeah, then he was in Spider-Man 3, but that wasn't really great. Because they put him as Eddie Brock, which was an interesting casting choice. And already, um, what's-his-face was already in Spider-Man, so why would you put... <laughs> Tobey Maguire. Yeah. <laughs> the two of them who, who are, weirdly enough, dollar store versions of each other... Except the Topher Grace is actually really handsome, but he never gets to be handsome on screen. He was in uh, that uh, Predators movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. The one with Adrian Brody and who also got to be hot in that movie. Yeah, what is this? Topher Grace is just sort of like weedy doctor. Mm, weedy doctor. That is exactly my type. So it's the next day, which is Friday, and Ryan realizes, okay. I should go to prom. Yeah. He decides to take Seth's advice, which is not advice for his problem, but he decides, you know what? Screw it. So he wanders up to Marissa and he apologizes and he asks her to prom. And she is so excited. Unfortunately. <laughs> what? Jess. What the hell is this show doing? Jess is not a ghost. Jess, the. No, she still might be a ghost, Aaron. <laughs> That's true, because no one sees her except for Ryan. Yeah. So, Jess, the overdose girl, is still in the series. And she steps out from behind a pole and watches them kiss. Well, she steps through the wall, for she is a ghost. <laughs> she is the ghost of Jess's fat, past, future, and present. <laughs> she. She. She just stares at i guess she's over here's right why is she there why does she care so much about this <laughs> i can't ah <laughs> uh, so man I, I know we did i hope we you understood what we we're just describing <laughs> jess is there doesn't matter what she does jess is just she's in the show why every, every moment where you think <laughs> jess will no longer be in the show she still continues to be there <laughs> got one more in her anna's not on the show anymore but jess but Je still there just keep showing up alex is gone but we get jess so uh back at the uh the the household of the cohen's kirsten had a sad sad sleepless night yeah and sandy's like hmm yeah fights with your dad will do that but guess what your dad is a sweet cockroach, and he'll just keep coming back. Yeah. And Kristen's like, my sorrow. And Sandy's like, okay, well, you know, we need to focus on us a little bit. So let's order some Chinese food or other takeout, one of the many Thai menus. Yeah, they, they, they essentially, they emote each other for a little bit and then plan to have a night that night. Excellent. Uh, now let's go see what Jess is doing. So Riley, Riley... So Ryan gets a really creepy locker side visit from a ghost. And we've seen this move done a dozen times in Riverdale and the OC, but this time a ghost does it, so that's particularly more scary. She does actually go, boo, I scared you, which makes it clear she is a ghost. <laughs> she is the walking spirit of Jess. And uh, she's like, oh, I see you made up with Marissa. Mm, sloppy seconds from your brother. And Ryan's like, I'm over this storyline. And to be clear, at this point, I don't think she's even sure that Trey, uh, like, tried anything with Marissa. This is just her... Is she just mad because Trey won't sleep with her anymore? No, but... <laughs> I think he would, though. I feel like she just... Didn't, like, I don't understand her motivation in any way. I mean, her main purpose, though, is to essentially say that Trey went to Chino, which means she's also keeping tabs on Trey. So she is clearly a ghost. 
a ghost to haunt the Atwood brothers. Ooh. Ooh. Until you get over your... Something? something? I might have unfinished business. Who knows? I'm going to use more heroin. I don't know why I'm a ghost. When she was just introduced as girl with a weird boot, like a joke Buddha lower back tattoo, I we, thought she was one episode. We never imagined what she could become. She's been in so many episodes. She's been in more episodes than Holly at this point, I think. Yeah. And she's definitely had more lines than Holly. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, we... I guess we're going right up to the night because Seth and Zach do the coin flip. And they both have tuxedos, pressed and ready to go. And it's, it's kind of a cool thing. They do the flip, and then we actually don't get to see what it is, though they do. And they both yep. are like, that's what I wanted. Yep, yep. perfect. They, Off they go. Absolutely. So back at the castle, <laughs> uh, the palace, that's what yeah. Julie calls it, Julie makes a sleeping pill garita. Yeah, she just breaks open the sleeping pills in the... Puts them in a margarita. That was her plan. I feel like she could probably could have gotten sleeping pills. I don't think she needed Caleb's. Yeah, it's well, I guess she was thinking they'd be his in his system so you couldn't trace it back to her. But I mean, I guess that way it's clear that she did not buy sleeping pills yeah. the day before. Anyway, yeah, fair enough. Caleb is suspicious, but he's not suspicious of the Pilgrita. He's just suspicious because Julie looks sexy. And he's like, you're trying to seduce me back into marriage again. She, I feel like she could have pulled it back a little bit, but I guess she's like, oh, no, I got to keep. She's like, this is what I do. Yeah. I'm going to trick him. He'll be so bamboozled by thinking my plan is a sexy plan. He won't see my real pill plan. My murder plan. He does not drink the drink, though. Oh, he holds it up close, and he has a moment where he stops and stares at her, which makes me wonder if he can smell sleeping The sleeping pills. pills? Or he's just offended by her margarita, and he's not drunk enough to drink that swill. Scotch first. <laughs> you think he normally drinks margaritas? He has to. Ju- Julie has to be smart enough to know to actually give him the drink that he would drink. I would think so. Or was she just like, I like margaritas. <laughs> and I will drink the rest. The non-sleeping pill margaritas. <laughs> Now, would sleeping pills murder him? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Oh, de- oh, I mean, with the amount that he would take, yes, that would shut his heart down. Well, he's an old man. He's just confused. Almost anything that old man could do would <laughs> kill him. He could, She could have just given him a bunch of steak and he would have died. You know, it's like in The Sims. If the elders woohoo, they have a risk of dying. She could have just woohooed. She could have just tried to sex him. <laughs> I, I would like a series of things of Julie just trying to... Not, I mean, yes, kill him, but more of just cause a death from natural causes. Just cause the world to work in her favor. Caleb, you think, how about I give you these, uh, these, these pills for your heart pressure and you go, just go run a mile. Caleb, you gotta stay in shape, dude. Caleb, let's go for a swim and then walk in the cool night air without <laughs> coats. Wouldn't that be romantic? Caleb, you know what? I'm just feeling really frisky tonight. How would you jump in the hot tub, then go in the pool, then go back into the hot tub, then go back into the pool? And then we'll woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Julie spent a lot of time just reading up uh, health hazards for elders. <laughs> I I would have enjoyed that series of episodes. Ah, uh, what a fun kooky murder plot! <laughs> well, uh, we have to go catch into a, I mean, just as serious, but I'm treating more serious uh, storyline. So Ryan goes to Chino to that bar where he found Trey the last time. The only place Trey would go, the CD bar with the pool table. Trey is in fact there, and um, Trey essentially expl- he tells Trey tells tells the rough strokes of a true yeah. story 
then at a certain point, he does make a hard heel turn into... Uh, it's still this weird thing where he's he's doing it because these three people love each other... So much. To a damaging extent. Because Trey decides to play it off. Marissa couldn't hold her liquor. Yeah. So she came on to him. And she realized immediately it was a a mistake and they were just going to forget about it. But he couldn't handle the guilt. Yeah. Which is not true. And Trey knows that's not true. However, super, super high drunk Trey... Did think Marissa was coming on to him? Yeah, but but I mean, all his actions. I, but after, I mean, he knows. Yeah, no, all his actions afterward portray that he yeah. knows. This he knows is, he did the bad. This is him trying to retain his his um, relationship with his brother. And Ryan has conflictions. Unfortunately, because all of the broad strokes of what Trey said are true, he comes across as super super genuine. Yeah. Which just makes Ryan even more conflicted. Yeah, because Ryan does spend a while being like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And he's like, no, Ryan, it's true. Look at me. Look into my eyes. And Ryan's like, your eyes are filled with such sorrow. So Ryan, uh, still just... So confused. confused, uh, heads outside. He he actually says, Trey, I'll be... I think he says, Trey, I'll be back. But he does not go back. No, he goes outside, he calls Marissa and cancels the prom, and then he's just gonna leave. And just, like, wander the streets with his thoughts. Yeah, it's not very clear where he's going to go. I do think he's just gonna walk around Chino until morning, because that's a thing Ryan would do. It's true. Which makes makes sense, because, once again, he, he he feels so much love for these two people, and he knows one of them is lying, and he doesn't want to face the fact that either of them are lying. Well, he knows what Trey said, and Marissa keeps saying nothing. Um, no, she did say that we didn't hook up. Marissa did say that. that. So he knows one of them is lying. He knows either, he knows one of them is lying. Yeah. Yeah. However, (laughs) before he goes on his nightly sorrow walk, he sees Teresa on the street. Just, you know, Teresa. Just there. Holding some bags. And she may also be a ghost. So is this something that I've forgotten, but. Do we? When did we hear that Teresa moved to Atlanta? It has to have been like a one-liner. Did yeah. She, did she say? Oh, when she called him and said that she lost the baby. I guess maybe. Did she say that she was going to stay with her aunt in Atlanta or her, something like that? It's a weird thing to do because her because she says she's back in Chino visiting her mom. I think she did go to Atlanta. Oh no, I do also think she went to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't disbelieve her going to Atlanta. I'm just don't remember it happening. I think she said it when she was on the phone, but I think at that point we must have assumed it was also a lie and she wasn't actually going anywhere. No, I think what it was is that the I'm moving to Atlanta got overshadowed by her saying I lost the baby, yeah. but that's a lie. I think I think she told us, but I could just be. Oh, I'm willing to believe that she, that she did. It just I it, also totally it, forgot. It got super wrapped up in, I lost the baby. Yeah. Oh, no, I was lying about it. When he said, he was like, oh, what are you doing back here? And I was like, back from where? So they talk about Trey, and uh, Teresa <laughs> spends most of the conversation just trying to be like, no, Ryan, Marissa's a much better person than Trey is. I know you love your brother. But he does very bad things to you. And remember when Marissa gave you up because I needed someone? And, and, you know, that's true, because Ryan's like, ah, oh, but Marissa, you know, does things. And that's true, but she's never actually done anything directly to, to Ryan. Ryan. The most, like, the worst thing she's done is Bolivar, but that wasn't a romantic thing. That was just her being like, Ryan, you're being crazy about this guy who's my best friend. <laughs> it's true, but then. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that wasn't a, I, I do firmly believe that Marissa would never cheat on Ryan. No. Because, yeah. because of the whole Luke thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So they get to the house, and Ryan's like, oh, can I come in and say hi to your mom? I love your mom. <laughs> At which point, Teresa gets instantly sketchy. <laughs> and basically runs off into the house. Yeah, she, she pretty much just steals her groceries back from <laughs> Ryan and runs inside. Because, I mean, we know why. She's got to hide the baby. There's a baby in that house. <laughs> By the way, her mother is holding... Is, Specifically at the front door. <laughs> Being like, like, look at your baby. Like, he looks like his father. Like, if Ryan if Ryan had come inside even for a moment, he would have instantly seen baby. It wasn't like he was even in another room. No, the baby was, was at the door. She was holding him up like Simba toward the front door. Um, uh, yeah, looking like his father, who may or may not be Ryan still. Guess what we didn't see? That baby's face. That's true. Does he have the luscious black hair of Eddie? (laughs) You go for black hair. It's Eric Balfour. The jaw. (laughs) That baby's got a real strong jaw. Oh, he has big, soulful blue eyes. (laughs) We'll see. So so the prom's about to begin, and Summer is waiting, and a limo shows up, which I have to assume Seth and Zach went in in on together. together, Oh, absolutely. One of them gets the limo. And uh, it's Zach. Yep. And Zach has the. They forgot that Zach was smart. Because he didn't know, doesn't know what magenta was. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on, man. It's also 2005. You could look that up. Yeah, there's internet. So, anyway, this is romantic. Um, so they go to the prom. Summer is briefly enraged because Ryan stood Marissa up, and yeah. Marissa's kind of chill about it. He's like, eh, I know at this point. She's like, I got into the prom. Yeah. I don't have time for a date, Summer. Yeah. So in a twist that I did not see coming, George Lucas is in the episode. Oh, he's for reals there. And I, so I want to know the process here. Were they like, okay, so we can probably get a director and say, oh, the director's interested in adapting the comic book. Who can we get? Excuse me, my uncle is George Lucas? <laughs> I don't even know if it's that far. I think they're just like, I mean, George Lucas isn't really doing all that much. <laughs> Maybe he was around on set and they were like, we're writing it in. Yeah. So, man... The thing about George, I don't want to go into about George Lucas too much. The thing about George Lucas is that I don't actually think he's all that great of a filmmaker. I think he's good when other people are helping rein him in. That's why the original um, Star Wars movies were so because he had no budget and had to. Yeah, cause, and yeah. there was also, but uh, with the prequels, he said you got full total control, and that's when they got super weird. What I'll say about George Lucas is he's not a great actor. He says all of his lines as if he's delivering a university commencement speech. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, that's his that's his motivation in this scene. Like, Seth was 100% the wrong choice for this because he's going to spend most of it just gushing about how much he likes George Lucas. Zach is a business guy. He should totally be there. But then Seth changes directions and he asks if George Lucas went to his prom. This is what the this is the commencement speech because George Lucas is just like, oh no, let me tell you about all the wonders of prom. I didn't go, but I wish I had I when I mo- did American Graffiti. It was about how sad I was about not going to prom. I'm like, is that what American Graffiti was about? <laughs> I haven't seen it for a long time, but <laughs> I didn't realize there was a big prom theme in American Graffiti. But you know what, George, you're the one. You're talking here. I love that happen. So while Lucas does his commencement speech, Reed <laughs> is texting Zach under the table about how much Seth sucks. <laughs> Which is an insane thing for Reed to do. I think she also was like, I, it definitely should have been Zach. She's I like, was, why did I make this decision? I was decision? just angry. <laughs> Seth, 
should not have been the one to go there. If they weren't both going to go, because you know what? I think having Zach there and then having Seth being so excited yeah. would be great for George Lucas. He would, you know, his you, ego you, you, would be you, pumped. Yeah, you get the one guy who gets to be the the George Lucas fan and he's the artist, so that makes sense. And the other guy's the business. I'm, I, he, what, one thing Zach says is that he's not even going over the talking points. It's me <laughs> Zach wrote up talking points. <laughs> These dumb dummies. But, so Summer sees Zach going on, but then she's like, you know what? You don't want to be here. I have finally grown as a character and realized I should let people I date pursue their dreams. And Zach's also like, I also saw that you weren't super stoked that I was the one who got out of the limo. So she's like, go. Go pursue your dreams, little bird. Let's do take a moment here where Summer has a very strange line where she says Zach has been dreaming about this comic book all his life. And I'm like... Do you know who you're talking to, Summer? (laughs) Did you forget who... Who created the comic book? Because it's Seth. I mean, Duvert, Zach probably wanted to do a comic book, which is true. But she says this comic book, (laughs) which means Summer has not been paying attention. (laughs) She does not know how this comic book came to be. Anyway, then there's no real delay there. Zach apparates across the city. And he arrives to Seth, telling the story of what happened between him and Summer and Zach. And Lucas, George Lucas, is mesmerized. Yeah, they they do this. They... (laughs) But then Seth has to step out. Yeah. Uh, him and Zach do the switch, and it's time for Seth to get on out of there. He goes, and I guess Zach, we never see George Lucas again. I'm sure Zach did fine. Yeah. Uh, if, next thing I know, there's a, I, I guess there's a Tommy County thing. It's going to be the next big thing, so. <laughs> Great work, just, Zach. Just watching these stupid teens just, like, do, Achieve all their dreams. And put, like, I mean, yes, they do work. It feels like they put in no work at all. Can you imagine getting into a slap fight with someone at your book launch? Yeah, and then, and then be like, oh, by the way, super famous director wants to make an adaptation of their not even released comic. Oh, they released one. Yeah. They released their one. They've released one. I guess it's a graphic novel, so it's longer. Yes, it's but true. still, there's no following. And this is, this is, Eric, this is two days later. <laughs> Actually, no, that was one day later last time. Yeah. Well, probably. No, it was one day later because you got hit by the car accident. It was the next day. That's right. Yeah, so it was one, one day, day later. later. So um, back at home, Sandy is very bombastic, ex- trying to drum up excitement about their date night. Yeah. But Kirsten's very sad and just wants a bath. Yeah, but um, and you know he's going to get the food, so he heads up to get the food. But he needs some cash money, so, so he, he goes go- into his wife's purse, which is a completely normal thing to do. Yep. Unfortunately, his dumb dumb wife. <laughs> There's just al- there's alcohol, pure vodka, I think. Yeah, she put her secret vodka in her purse. Come on, Kirsten. You hide that in a bag of frozen peas in your freezer. <laughs> but then the one place Sandy will never go, the freezer. <laughs> exactly. You know we don't cook in this house. It'd be like you're hiding at the bottom of the bagels. <laughs> oh, that's a bad place. Mm. Mm. Uh, Him sad. Let's cut over to the other loving couple. Where Julie Julie Cooper is having a sexy swim, and Caleb is watching her. Yeah, Julie's like, all right, and now you got to (laughs) drink your drink that's been sitting here for probably at least two hours. And Caleb's like, ah, yes, I'm ready for this now. Oh, you're strangely insistent I drink that specific drink. (laughs) I love lukewarm margaritas. (laughs) So watered down from the ice melting. Mm, An ant crawled into the salt. (laughs) delicious but while he's about to drink it they have a bit of a talk about how caleb wishes they had had more fun while they were married caleb 
gives the most lukewarm appreciation to Julie that he could. He's like, oh, I did love, I did, I, I loved you, but then I, <laughs> but then I was just the worst thing. And Julie's like, oh, I can't murder someone who loved me once. A reminder that Julie really had, I don't feel like, I don't know if I'm crazy here. Audience, let me know if I'm crazy here. I don't feel like Julie's done anything that bad before Kayla. I mean, yeah, she's trying to murder him, which is pretty bad. <laughs> but she's but, not doing a good job. But, <laughs> and before the it has reached this point, like before the divorce all happened, she was fine. <laughs> she was fine. Like she never really loved him, but she was like a nice wife. I don't know. I think at a, at a certain point, she actually might have. It's hard to tell it's hard with to tell Julie, it's Julie, but there, but there, there were times. I mean, she where... did cheat on him with Jimmy a lot. There was that. Yes, yes. You kind of gotta like. <laughs> you have to find the middle part. You gotta find the middle part. <laughs> After Jimmy went off on his boat adventures. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell. I'll I'll say this: their 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 marriage was not great all the way through, but there was a part right in the middle where I thought it was fine, and then <laughs> then the porn, <laughs> the porn happened, which Caleb is exacerbated. Yeah. So ultimately, again, this is Caleb's fault. Anyway, so, but he gives just the bears amount of attention, which makes Julie... Decide he can't drink the poison margarita. Which is fair. I don't think she was much of a murderer to begin with. So all he had to be was like, hey, I liked you once. And she's like, yeah, I can't kill you. (laughs) So Kevin, I have an important question for you. Who is this grown middle-aged man who is announcing the prom king He's got to be a teacher. He's got to be like the assistant principal. We have never seen him before. Nay, we will never see him again. You might be Dr. Kim's sponsor. Wait, it's a joke that she was on drugs. Uh, drug me no, ever. she was a snitch. Oh, you're right. She was a snitch. I, for- I forget what our jokes are sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a snitch. She's not Principal Weatherby. <laughs> That's why I'm getting confused. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, there is a man who we've never seen before and we'll never see he's again. He's super insistent, though. He's really into calling out he this prom king. going queen. to give them out. And then he's going to find those kids yeah, so the and queen, make them dance. So the queen is Summer Roberts. Amazing. And the king is Zach. Weird. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I don't know how prom king queen voting works, whatever. What about the drug guy? Wasn't he, like, the coolest of the water polo players? How did Zach win? I think is it's it because, because the there... nerds and the cools like him? I assume that it's because he went there. The... So with the prom king and queen, could you vote with two people who did not go to prom together? Yeah. That feels like that would be weird. Yeah, you don't have to vote for a couple. It feels like that would be weird, And how though. could how could anyone know that Zach and Summer were going to go together? <laughs> Summer didn't even know that. Yeah. No, Zach is just the most popular boy. I mean, to where he is popular with everyone. He's comic books, but he's also water polo. That's true. I guess nerds and non-nerds like him. Yeah. So, uh, so Zach is gone, and Summer is very sad. It's it seems strange to me. Once it says something about Summer that she did not expect that the outcome of Zach leaving was a switch. No, I know, which is super weird. Which I figured out. I'm like, well, of course, because they were talking about before, and Zach said, you thought Seth should be here and I should be at the meeting. So, of course, it's going to be a switch. But she couldn't imagine that maybe, Zach would go and get Seth for her. Like, uh, the underlying thing I think maybe we have to assume is she just assumed that Seth wouldn't be there quick enough. That's maybe that. Yeah, which, I mean, Zach, Zach got to the restaurant in... No time at all. It took Seth quite a while to cross the city. Well, you will notice that Seth actually did change his clothes. Zach gave him a jacket and said, you have no time. But Seth made time. (laughs) Well, no, Seth was like, I think I do have time. (laughs) I'm going to change. Summer will be very mad if I show up in a t-shirt and a blazer (laughs) and some jeans. 
Yeah, so uh, he gets there, and it's actually a pretty sweet scene where, like, he's, he's telling her how, that he loves her on the stage, and he's just getting heckled by There's the this cr- one douchebag water polo character. <laughs> but he's a tool! <laughs> Seth Cohen sucks! And Seth Cohen's like, I know, Seth Cohen sucks. I am not Zach, you're right. <laughs> anyway, so it's sweet, they kiss, uh, Coldplay plays and marissa which should have been a clear sign that something, something was gonna go very wrong what's gonna happen because it's not just cold play it's i will try to fix you yeah okay the song's only called fix you but yeah it's uh <laughs> we're not talking about one of those happy cold play songs like viva la vida the only happy cold play song there's also one called yellow isn't there yellow's not <laughs> yellow is a um melancholy song I only know two Coldplay songs. I mean, every Coldplay song is a melancholy song. Just some of them have a faster beat. <laughs> and some of them you could be like, oh, no, this is a bittersweet moment. But this is, oh, man, this anyway. Is, this is Fix You. So Fix You is playing, and Marissa walks away alone. Of course, we, knowing what happened beforehand, also know that Ryan will be showing up. And he has the perfect timing. Yes. He is there, and he hugs her, and he says, I'm sorry I messed up prom. And she, or I'm sorry, I missed prom. And yeah. she says, it's perfect. It, it, how many times at the school do you think people have seen Marissa walk out to some place to sound alone sadly and then Ryan Atwood just comes, ah! <laughs> people are starting to be worried about it. They're like, he may be a sadness predator. Well, I was thinking at this point, at this point, if someone sees Marissa walk off alone sadly, just assume that Ryan will appear. <laughs> They're like, don't worry about it. Ryan will be there. Yeah. Don't she follow never, her. Yeah, she never... <laughs> Should we, like, go talk to her? She seems really sad. No, don't worry. Ron will be here soon. <laughs> Do you know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to happen. And they sway, and it's very sweet. And then, so so we have a scene where Caleb sits in the pool and smiles. I'm not sure what he's smiling about. Maybe he's like, I'm going to be divorced on Monday. Or he's like, mm, this was a nice night. This is the way you do divorces. Well, Julie, like, hastily <laughs> makes drinks a new makes a new drink. <laughs> and then cut back to Caleb who exhibits the most stereotypical of heart attack symptoms. He grabs his, the middle of his chest. Which, just so people know, heart attacks can manifest in many ways, and if you feel weird, you should go to the doctor. Yeah. Anyway, he anyway. has a heart attack. He has a heart attack. He falls in the pool. But he cries out Julie quietly twice, which is very sad to me. Well, I mean, he's in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. So he falls in the pool. Julie jumps in after him. She saves him. Well, she pulls him out of the pool. Yeah. Uh, using her tiny Julie arms. <laughs> so, uh, back at the Cohen house, Sandy sits in what I think he hoped was the dark, but he's like, no, nah, it's too creepy. It's too much. So he turns a little bit of light on. Yeah. And then Kirsten comes in, and Sandy just gets right into it. He puts the vodka down, and Kirsten's like, it's just for emergencies. <laughs> yeah, she gives everything an addict says, which is that, no, it's not a problem. I'm doing this my way, which is not doing it. Don't treat me like a wayward child. I'm a grown woman alcoholic. <laughs> but then, of course, Sandy is like, nah, man, we're going we're, we're gonna to do this the hard Sandy way. We're doing this the proper way, lady. <laughs> at, at this point, you're another one of my children. Ryan is... <laughs> Ryan is now the mom. Wait. Nope, I I'm the mom. I'm the mom. Ryan's, the, Ryan's dad. the dad. We'll do it this way. You're the Seth. Seth <laughs> is the Ryan. Oh man, we're all we're all switching up. <laughs> this is too confusing. Okay, then Trey can be the Marissa. <laughs> then Marissa can be Summer, and Summer can be Jimmy. Yeah, we can do this. All yeah. right. All right, I'm on with it. But because you're the Seth, that means I can put you wherever I want. 
And right now it's, oh, the phone's ringing. Yep, just like how this episode began with two people having a conversation and then a phone call comes with dire news. Well, now the direst of news has come. For Caleb, in fact, is dead. Just straight up dead. Fully dead. Fully dead. Not in the hospital. Dead. I mean, he did have a heart attack and then fall in the pool. (laughs) No, don't get me wrong. It makes the most sense. And then uh, Kirsten being... An alcoholic. Well, I mean, her last conversation with her dad was super foreshadowing. (laughs) You will die alone. Yeah. She takes her drink and I guess just walks off to bed. And Sandy's like... (sighs) (laughs) This situation has become obscenely more complex. It has all escalated. All right. So Caleb can't be Holly, but Holly could be Jess, I guess. I gotta figure... Does Jess become... No, Jess and Caleb are both ghosts. All right, I need a pin board and some strings. I can figure this out. Where's my beautiful mind wall? So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? I did. Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where two boys casually started a comic book you know, just in the way you do, in your backyard, having some fun, only to have it blow up in the form of George Lucas and become drama. And I'm not going to pick George Lucas, even though that's insane. He did, he did a uh, movie once called Strange Magic that was d- d- hidden by everyone who was at all involved with it. <laughs> I think it's awesome. a re- it's a remake of some Shakespeare, maybe Midsummer's Night's Dream. It does, but have it's magic. a musical and it's bad. Well, I'm gonna pick our good good friend, Ghost Jess. <laughs> the return of Ghost Jess. Really, you couldn't figure out another way for Ryan to figure out that Trey is in Chino. Like Ryan could have just been like, "Hmm, Trey hasn't been home for many days. Where would Trey go? Chino. You didn't need Ghost Jess." <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Trey. I feel like I'd be like, I'll go find Trey in the same place I found Trey last time. But Jess appears to be angry. She well, she's really mad at we didn't we didn't even mention someone. We didn't even mention this when she the the ups, the reason that she says she approached Ryan is because she wants a prom date. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like well, he he says to her because Ryan is done with her. He's had one interaction with her and is done with her. So, she, she said, what do you want? She says, a, a prom date. How about you? So, I don't know what she's upset about. I don't know who she's angry at. Does she want to replace Marissa? These are all the people who helped her. Is she. Is there a different TV show that is the journeys of Jess? But how she's so hard done by? <laughs> how all these people are out to get her? I, I do not feel like Jess is particularly hard done, hard done by. I think she is a well. Uh, a well-off lady who wanted to have a ironic tattoo on her lower back and do some heroin. Remember when she had cocaine? a... Cocaine? Cocaine. cocaine Remember when she thing. had a boyfriend? A popular water polo drug-dealing boyfriend? Yeah, but then she had too much drugs, and you can't date someone who has too much drugs. No, no, he's in jail. Oh, right, he is in jail. That's why she's mad. She All can't right. go to prom with him. She has to go to prom with Ryan. But I thought she was over him by that point, because she... Because she's been shacking up with Trey. I don't know. I don't know what her motivation is. This woman is drama only. She's more confusing than Caleb. (laughs) Kevin, what's your CW moment? Um, Mine is... 
it's it's strange. It's I sort of have to explain why it's illogical, and I think I, I sort of did that in the episode. But it's uh, is the Caleb and Kirsten fight mm. not because the fight makes doesn't make sense because it does. Kirsten is, is essentially in a mode where I don't want people to help me. I just want to keep drinking alcohol. But the scene, um, but the scene, the 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 escalation to the point and the the way the Caleb. The entire fight happens essentially so they can reach the point where Kirsten has to say, you'll die alone, so she feels bad later that she essentially... So really, they were just like, how can we make Kirsten drink more? Yeah, it's how can we make Kirsten feel so bad when Caleb inevitably dies at the end of this episode? (sighs) Caleb. Caleb. Kirsten. They gave him another, like, pseudo-redemption arc in this episode. Like, you know what? Even though I was a total jerk to my wife and I'm still going to divorce her, I guess you could say because I told her... I I liked her her once. (laughs) You know what, Julie? You're not so bad. I'm a hero! I'm the nicest man alive! I'll feel bad when I die. And you can feel bad when he dies. He's a human being. Well, he's a character on a tv show but he's a human being i was very sad when he sat there and he kept trying to call out to julie but he couldn't call out because he was in too much pain having a heart attack yes well i mean if julie (laughs) weirdly enough i mean he's gonna have that heart attack anyways that those pills would have made that heart it's just maybe the pills would have made the heart attack easier they would have sent him into a gentler kinder death all right (laughs) brought to you by I don't know. Suicide pills? Sure. Nope. Not suicide. It's not suicide if someone else gives it to you. I still want to know what pills she gave him instead. (laughs) Maybe that's what caused the heart attack. Just keep placebos around. Oh, that might be the reveal. (gasps) She did it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) She just gave him mystery pills. Yeah, she definitely didn't cause the heart attack. Just keep some placebos around. As you do. For Marissa. For fun. I can see Julie placeboing Marissa. Then they can do pill roulette. Ooh. Yeah, that's what Julie does in her spare time. All right, well, hey, so that's uh, that was the OC. We'll be back next week with another OC, the finale of season two, Ooh. where Caleb is dead. And, and so is Jess. <laughs> well, she's been dead for, I'm not even sure if she was alive at the party. Has she ever been alive? Uh, who knows? Canonically, I think she died at the party. It's, it's weird the police did not did not mention that. Everyone dies in the pool. Who will die in the pool next episode? Let's see. <laughs> Pools are dangerous. Pools are dangerous. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you uh, next week. If you like this, you should give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify. And we've already told you what to talk to us about on social media. (laughs) If someone doesn't talk to me about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I'm going to explode. So I need to talk to someone. Podcast MOA. Podcast MOA. Or you can email me if you want to keep it super private. Also, podcastmoa at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, We'll uh, we'll see you next week. How will Sandy convince Kirsten to get help? What will happen with Julie now that Caleb is dead? Will Ryan finally find Ghost Jess's hidden pirate treasure? Answers all this and more next episode of Miss Cyrus and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?